All right. Well, Last Call Sports is officially back, and we decided to bring it back at the weirdest time probably in sports history, but at least we have the NFL draft coming back. Haddix, how are we doing? Doing wonderful. It's glad to be back after about a year or two off. Yeah, we took some time doing off. Doing Last Call Sports. We didn't, uh, we didn't lose our luck. We still have luck on our side, but the thing is we have nothing to bet on. And uh, as far as talking, we got we got the NFL draft. So that, that's where we got to start, and that's what we got to talk about the next couple weeks. It's about all we got going for us right now. Well, at least we got something, and it's a pretty good good thing to be talking about right now. The class is deep, especially a wide receiver. And I know your team's in the market for a wide receiver. We don't know if that's going to come in the draft or um, in a trade, but um, let's run down some... Let's run down some picks and see what we got, who we got going where. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'll let you take number two, obviously, because that'll be your squad. But I'm about 99.9% sure, along with the rest of the world, that Joe Burrow will be going number one overall to the Bengals, too. I don't see any trade happening, anything like that. I think he'll be going number one overall to the Bengals. I think his odds are like minus minus a thousand or minus ten thousand or something like that at this point so seems about as much of a lock as ever yeah that pick just makes the most sense he he's coming off a historic college year hometown kid um backed up haskins at ohio state i've been praying for a long time that the Bengals don't go completely rogue and take the number two pick and number one and just throw a wrinkle in the whole plan well you don't want to you don't want to lose Chase Young as a Redskins fan, I'm assuming. No, no, you don't want that to happen. And that's where we're going to go for pick number two. Young, uh, despite whatever rumors have been coming out, he's got to go number two. And I think Rivera, Ron Rivera's made that pretty clear in his press conferences, kind of saying it without saying it. And I'm just glad that they put the two of rumors to bed because you haven't heard a lot of those lately. Because they, to me, just didn't make sense as a fan. It, the rumors didn't make any sense to me because I'm not. A, I don't want to give up on a quarterback after just nine games. Talking about Dwayne Haskins, and especially his last. I forgot I saw his last four or five games. He was by passer rating. He was one of the top QBs in the NFL. Now I know that's small sample size, but I mean that's something to build off of going into year two at least with a with a not very good um, team he had around him too. Yeah, he had no weapons last year. He played real well against Philly. He tore up the Giants for two drives before he got hurt and had to come out of that game. He improved, you know, week and uh, week after week, and that's what you want to see. And uh, somebody like me who watches every snap, no matter how bad they are, one thing that I like to see, even as, as small as it might have been, was the guy got the play in on time. Like, there was no delay of games. There was no false starts. He never looked confused out there. Which, yeah, he was in control of the offense. Which in Redskins football, you're at, you're due for at least two or three delay games a, a week. That's that's just what you sign up for. Yep, yep. So the talks have um, taken Tua, and also he's not the he's a good quarterback. Tua, he, he should be okay. He's gonna get hurt, but he's not this generational guy that I would completely throw everything away for. No, not when you have a generational guy in Chase Young. According to everyone, I mean. You watch him at Ohio State. He had to get double or even triple teams sometimes just to just so he wouldn't give off get off a of pressure. Right. He's a generational type edge rusher. You can't you can't pass on him. If you're being compared to the Bosa's, you know obviously the and Ohio say, State and, factor. But and it, saying that he's better than the Bosa's too, they've yeah. been saying so. I mean, if he come if he comes in and's better than Nick Bosa, I mean, I'll be doing backflips. <laughs> and you watched it with. Uh, with the Niners, you build teams on the O-line and the D-line first, and it just makes everything else a lot easier. Yeah, and the Redskins have they have their D-line without Young. Obviously, adding them makes yeah. that much stronger. Um, they have a good offensive line. They just tagged Sheriff, and they'll probably get a deal done next year. Um, bringing up the offensive line, you got to bring up Trent Williams, too. And with you being a Vikings fan, it's we're connected here. Yeah, um... The Vikings haven't had a, a above average. I mean, Riley, he's okay. They haven't had an above average tackle for as long as I can remember. Matt Khalil had about one good season after being a top 10 pick. And then after that, he was arguably the worst, my most hated player in Vikings history. Um, 
So if the Vikings can get a deal done for Trent Williams, I would be ecstatic. I know we've been talking about it, and a lot of the deals we see don't really make sense for the Redskins, but, I mean, um, if the Vikings are willing to give up a, a, a second-round pick and maybe maybe a fourth or fifth next year or something like that, the Redskins probably have to take that deal, don't you think? I would t- I'm looking for a second-round pick, you know, and that, if that's where the deal starts, you know, I'm in. There's teams offering thirds. Um, I know the Jets offered a third. The Redskins turned it down. And we saw a bunch of ridiculous deals with the Vikings, like you said. And I'm not doing any of them because this is an all-pro left tackle. He's out of the uh, – he didn't play last year. But, I mean, he's got a, good, a lot of good football left in him. And for a team like the Vikings, I would think a second-rounder would be worth, uh, worth Trent Williams. But – especially after the um, getting the first rounder with Diggs, but it comes down to do they want these picks to try and fill other holes? Yeah, and I know a lot of people have been talking about Riley Reef being a part of that trade too, and I said to you, um, if they're going to give up Riley Reef, it's going to be hard for them to give up uh, an early round pick because they have so many holes to fill. If they can keep Reef and move him somewhere else on the line and, and put Trent Williams – at the tackle position, then it's a then it's very plausible to give up a, a second round pick. Then it's something I would absolutely do. But if they're going to throw a reef in the deal, I don't think that that makes the most sense because they just have too many holes to fill after this offseason and losing a bunch of guys to free agency. I agree with that. And reef's not a player I would dislike. Um, he's average. He's, he's very average. He's an average player, and he, he's 31, which isn't a problem, you know, for a lineman. But he's got two years, I think, 11, year, 11 million a year, something like that. Yeah, like ten, ten and a half, ten and a half, I think. That's not something that, as the Redskins, I would want to take on. But if you get a number two for him, Williams, listen, you got to be realistic. He's not going to get a one, but the other teams have to be realistic too that he's not a three or four. You know, you you can get a second round pick for him. Yeah. Well, they're trying to use him wanting out as saying the Redskins have basically no leverage, but I think they still have a little bit because of how talented of a football player he is. I think the Redskins have probably the most leverage. I would, I don't know. He Williams has none because he's under contract. He doesn't have to be traded technically. You know, they could just let him rot there for another year and see if a team will – he's a free agent after next season. If a team's going to sign him two years out of the league, you know, another year older, he's got a – He's got to come to terms with that, too. Um, yeah, he's in a sticky position, too. He made it clear that he didn't want to um, sign a deal with the Redskins. Another issue is that he's he's demanding a lot of money from these teams because he wants to get traded and sign an extension. And he's got to come to terms that he's not that big money player anymore. He's not going to get, you know, $15, 20000000 million a year. I saw that a um, couple scenarios where if the Vikings do, in fact, get him, they could um... – if, if they get rid of Reef now, that's where they got to clear the space, too. So that's that's another problem is the financials. But they'd be willing to give uh, Williams a, a 15 or $16 million deal for probably about probably about two, three-year extension. But, again, that's, they'd have to get rid of Reef or, or find another way to clear up cap space. So, And that'd be such a good move, too, because you trade for Williams, sign him for the amount of, time, uh, amount of years you have Cousins for, and you got your window, you know, to go and yeah. basically build your Super Bowl team, which they're close to being. Yeah, three years. Well, with the Cousins extension, they, they have about this year and then another two years, obviously, after that. And then after that, it's it'll be time for the rebuild. And they could even do it sooner, depending on how this season goes. You never know what's going to happen. But as of now, they have a three-year window, in my opinion. We talked about that Cousins extension a lot before it happened, and you didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. I'm kind of glad it did because you know I'm a Cousins fan. But yeah, I am too. You were you were surprised when it happened initially that it happened so quickly. Yeah. Well, I thought um, they were losing so much this offseason of free agency that I thought they were going to give them this year and then basically reevaluate the situation at the end of the year. I don't know if they would have drafted a – a quarterback in this draft and then had him play next year. Like I didn't ever see that happening, but I thought they would have waited till the end of this year to reevaluate things, but looks like they're committed to him for another couple of years. And I don't mind it at all. I like cousins, but like I say all the time, he's a guy very talented, but he needs a clean pocket because his awareness isn't that great. So 
they need to do something with the offensive line first and foremost, I think. Oh, I've been talking about his awareness for years, you know, before um, before the Vikings days when he was a Redskin. He just doesn't – he's not comfortable in the pocket a lot of times. He doesn't feel pressure coming on him. But Yeah, he's either not comfortable at all or he's too comfortable and not feeling the pressure. He, but, hey, he's never very doing well. If you're the Vikings, you – you go into New Orleans, you win a playoff game, you get a little hope, you believe in your quarterback, so you figure, listen, if we, if we could go into New Orleans and win a game, we can figure out San Fran. They just got torched in the um, in the run game against San Fran. Yeah, the, well, the D didn't play well, and then that was where the O-line really showed. I mean, they got destroyed on the offensive line. They couldn't run the ball. They, they couldn't give Kirk enough time to throw the ball. They were just They were just severely outmatched that game. They didn't look like they belonged on the same field, really. They Maybe hit, for about a quarter they were in it, but it, it was never really. They never hit really that big happen. play early on, though, to uh, to tie the game seven seven, and that's when you you start to believe a little bit after the the New Orleans win. Yep, and then everything just fell apart. They started giving up like six seven yards a carry, and then, like I said, they couldn't block me and you out there. So they need to figure that out if they if they want to make a deep deep run and get to a Super Bowl. And well, that's the Vikings' way. I, and we'll get back to the Vikings because I want to hear what you think they're going to do with these first uh, third two picks in the first round. But we'll go to the Lions at three, and I think we're probably on the same page here as well. Um, yeah, I, I think as long as the Lions don't trade it, which we talked about earlier, it's got to be Okuda. I mean, the best cornerback in the draft, one of the higher-rated cornerbacks, um, coming out of college in the last couple of seasons. And like we were talking about, there's not a lot of places for the Lions to trade to. Because um, the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback at four. We'll get to them in a second. But they're not going to take a quarterback at four. So realistically, why would the Dolphins trade up to three when they can get their guy at five if they really want a quarterback? So I, I think it's got to be Okuda, and I think I know you feel the same way. Yeah, I think it has to be. The, the Lions are kind of in that state where they need to take best player available, um, similar to the Redskins. And Okuda's not getting the generational tag you know, that Chase Young is getting, but he's a really, really highly rated prospect. And he's going to be, the saying best, he's, he's gonna be the best saying player he, at three. Yeah, they're saying he's one of the best compared to Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Peterson to come out in the last 10, 10 or so years. That's pretty high praise for a guy that – Hasn't played in the NFL yet. Yeah, and if you're if you're getting that comparison, and if you turn out to be a combination of both, I mean, you can't miss there. As for the trading, um, I agree, and I've said this since the beginning when the Dolphins were going to make that uh, talk about a trade with the Redskins. Um, you know, the Redskins possibly trading down. It just didn't make any sense to me because they could get their guy at five. Um, yeah. Because the Giants, who are up next, aren't going to take a quarterback. Obviously, they just took one last year. But the Giants are in an interesting position because they're the team that makes the most sense to trade down, whether it's with Miami or the Chargers or even further. Yep, we talked about today. Where do you see the Giants going at four? I think the Giants are going to take Isaiah Simmons. Um, he's another guy that is, is viewed as this big prospect. The only issue is he's kind of positionless. Like, he's a linebacker who could kind of play corner. You know, he could put his hand on the ground. So what does he – does he do a lot of things or does he do one thing well? Um, but they're saying he's a freak athlete and can just kind of turn into the leader of a defense. And I know the Giants like him a lot from what I've been reading. Yeah, I mean, he's a freak athlete. He he reminds me I – I haven't seen anyone else really give him this comparison, but almost like a, like a Harrison Smith, again – and I watch every play of the Vikings, so I'm limited. I'm not limited to only Vikings knowledge, but Harrison Smith's a safety. But I mean, the guy plays at the line of scrimmage for like half the snaps and is one of the best tacklers on the Vikings. And that's where I kind of see Isaiah Simmons fitting in, maybe playing safety, but he's going to spend a lot of his time in the box and leave the other safety back there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, if he's a if he's a Harrison Smith type, that's not the worst pick for the Giants. They they need to go defense, I think. Um, they also need help on the offensive line. But if I was them, I would trade down to take – if I wanted to take an offensive lineman, I would trade down. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw a couple mock drafts had him taking uh, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa um, or even Makai Becton, who I think is going to be a big bust. We'll get to him later in the top ten. <laughs> but, 
I don't see taking a, a lineman at four when you can have your pick around, you know, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, and and if they do trade down, that's where, um, that's where the the problems for the Dolphins come in. I mean, if the Chargers really wanted to leapfrog the Dolphins and and get their choice of Tua or Justin Herbert, which we'll get to the discussion between them in a little bit, but. If they really wanted to do that, they, they could probably trade with the Giants, and that's the only reason I see the Dolphins being able to trade with the Lions or wanting to trade with the Lions. So that's that's where it gets a little a little sticky, you know what I mean? If, if the Giants decide they want to trade down, then maybe the, the, the Dolphins do have to trade with the Lions. But that not all that will... down to which team likes what quarterback. You know, obviously, two is linked to the Dolphins, and Herbert's mm-hmm. been linked to the Chargers, which it will have the draft going in order, but then you see rumors the past uh, couple of days surfacing of the Chargers liking Tua and uh, maybe Tua falls past five. And so it, it's all speculation now, but I think it just really makes the most sense for the Dolphins to kind of stay where they're at. Cause I think they could get their guy at five. I, I agree with you there. So then we have the giants. You think of taking Isaiah Simmons. I think so too. They really like him. Um, and then we both think, Tua at five. Now, what are your thoughts on Tua coming out of college? Um, Tua's one of the... He really is one of the most accurate passers we've seen um, in a long time. He doesn't throw... With Joe Burrow. (laughs) Right, right. And uh, Burrow throws a better deep ball. Tua doesn't have a tremendous arm, but he can make every throw. And Mm -hmm. he's extremely accurate. But, I mean, the issue injuries you know uh, people always say obviously oh he got hurt on freak things this and that but they linger especially in his hip injury that he suffered that that's going to linger with you throughout and mm-hmm. he's a quarterback who doesn't run so maybe that keeps him healthy a little bit he's mobile but he's not a runner i don't know listen i don't i don't want him at two i can tell you that um no i don't want to mortgage Dwayne haskins for Tua. So I guess that says all. That says a lot about my opinion. If I had a choice, I would take him over over Herbert, though. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. There's there's a lot of concerns about Tua. Um, Justin Herbert gets this this idea that he's like the prototypical build quarterback and stuff like that. He's a good athlete, and I think he will make a solid quarterback. But Tua's accuracy. Reminds me of like a, a Drew Brees style. He reminds me a lot of Drew Brees because Drew Brees had the injury concerns and all that. And the Dolphins missed out on Drew Brees, passed up on him, and they've probably been kicking themselves ever since. So now they're probably not going to make that mistake twice in a lifetime. So they're probably going to go with Tua no matter what, I think. I think so too. And and the Herbert to, to Tua comparison. Herbert's a better runner, but and he's big, and he's got a strong arm, but he's not that accurate. And is he a leader? You know, you hear a lot of stuff about him in the locker room. He's a quiet guy um, at Oregon, and he built the program up a little bit. But can he lead, you know, an NFL team when he really can't throw the ball that well yet, despite his size, which, like you said, is he views himself kind of as the, the like, poster child for, for quarterbacks. But, I mean, if you can't throw the ball, you're not going to make much of yourself. No. He reminds me of, like, a – Probably like a little bit better version of, or um, more potential than uh, Derek Carr, in my opinion. It reminds me of him a lot when he came out of college. I don't hate that comparison, actually. Very, very similar style quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have those two at five and six, the two quarterbacks. Now we got the Panthers at seven. What do you think about the Panthers at seven? The Panthers are an interesting team. They They've had one of the kind of strange as off seasons with the new coach. Um, they traded Kyle Allen to the Redskins. Again, back up, whatever. Um, you know, what's happening with Cam Newton? They just let him go. They brought in Bridgewater, right? Teddy Bridgewater? Yep, Teddy Bridgewater's their guy now. You know, so where do you kind of go from there? You know, they have their offense set. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I think they got to go defense. There were another team that was talked about maybe trading up, taking a quarterback. I don't see that happening. Um, if they go defense, you got to go best player available, right? At this point, it would probably be Derek Brown from Auburn. 
Yeah, I mean, they probably want Okuda or Simmons, but most likely those two guys will be gone by the seventh pick. So if they really wanted them, they would have to find a way to trade up somehow, but I don't even know who they trade with because the two, the only two teams that they are, that are looking to trade down are the two teams that are probably going to take Simmons and Okuda. So I think you're right there. I think they got to go Derek Brown probably. Yeah, I mean, if the Panthers call up and say they want to trade up, these teams have to know it's not for a quarterback, so they're trying to get one of those two. And, again, the the, the Giants would be the better option to trade down because I think the Lions would be stupid if they traded yeah. down and ended up missing on Okuda. But I still don't see the Giants doing that if they have their mindset on Simmons. Um, yeah, that the only way they're doing it is if they, they have their mindset that they're taking a an offensive lineman. I think that's the only way they're trading back. Right, and at this point, throw Derek Brown on the, on the defensive line, kind of see what happens if you're the Panthers. Yep. Again, kind of a best player available um, strategy there. All right, and then we go to eight. Um, we got the Cardinals at eight. Now, the Cardinals, they just got their franchise quarterback last year. Um they got Kingsbury. They got Hopkins. They're they're looking to build the offense. Now, what do you do when you get the franchise quarterback? You got to find a way to protect him. So, I know you mentioned uh, Worfs earlier, and if he doesn't go to the Giants and he falls this far, I think the Cardinals probably going to have to take him. They're probably going to have to need an offensive lineman to protect Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Worfs has to be the guy here. Um, Iowa makes me think of Brandon Sheriff. And just the the monster that he turned into in the NFL that the Redskins, Big Ten O lineman that the Redskins took at four, and they were getting killed, of course, because people kill the Redskins for everything. That they didn't take um, <laughs> Leonard Williams, and the Jets took Leonard Williams, and look how that turned out. So you know you you hit on one every now and then. Even the Redskins could be right. <laughs> but Worfs, yeah, like you said, Big Ten Big Ten O lineman. I mean, he's a huge dude. You know, he could move, so why not? you got to protect your quarterback. you got an offense now, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. This, this, uh, the top four O-linemen in this draft are pretty, pretty freakish athletically. They're all big, they're all strong, and they all can move very well. Yeah, what's with Andrew Thomas? What's going on with him? I don't know. He seems to be slipping a little bit. I remember when the first, when college football season ended, he was like, almost a sure thing to be a top five pick and then he's just been slipping and slipping i don't really know what happened they were saying he was gonna go you know to the giants at four some people had him even higher and then all of a sudden he was in the 20s and now he kind of made his way into the mid round so it's very strange what's happening with him yeah he'll probably be a mid-round pick now he's people are thinking he's gonna be like the third tackle taken so maybe he falls to the vikings yeah Ideally, that'd be nice, but I don't see it. All right, then we got the Jags at nine. What do you think about the Jags at nine? Jaguars are another team that it's a very weird position. You know, they could go defense. They could take a wide receiver. I mean, is Gardner... They need a lot. Is Gardner Mitchell really (laughs) the quarterback next year? I mean, he needs somebody to throw the ball to. He'll be the quarterback for at least this year, but, I mean, they need a lot on the Jaguars. They don't really have a lot going for them right now. So they're another team. Do you go best player available and kind of weigh out who that is, or are you locked in on a position? Do you try and do you try and take a receiver without a, without knowing who your quarterback is? That, that receiver would be miserable if they took one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they got to go best player available. And by the looks of it, it's going to be uh, Ken Law, who was another guy that, I mean, he hasn't really fallen outside the top ten in a lot of mock drafts, but he was the he was supposed to be like the best defensive player I saw for a little bit once college season ended, and then yeah, guys like Okuda and Simmons, they had their um, their combines and their pro days and stuff, and they just really impressed people, and it led. It led Kinlaw to slide a little bit, but I mean, I can't see him falling outside the top ten, especially with the Jags there at nine. You got to be happy if you're Jacksonville and Kinlaw sitting there at nine. You know, that's I don't think that's something you could pass up on. No, yeah, he's a. I mean, we keep saying it, but I feel like this draft is just loaded with freak athletes. Like all the big guys in this draft are just scary athletes. 
this is a crazy draft. I'm, I'm really excited to see how it plays out, like, especially with these receivers. Everyone's talking how deep the receiver class is, and we're at, we're mm-hmm. at 10, and we haven't even said one yet. So the whole first round is just going to be entertaining from the top to the bottom. Now, what do we got at 10? The Browns the right Browns now. Yes, because they're a team that's been talking about that have been uh, rumored that they're interested in trading. Yeah, I've seen them trading back a lot because um, they don't need another another skill position player. They need probably they need an offensive line. line. Yes. Yeah. So this is where Worfs is gone. Um, I'm seeing some people say that they probably take Wills. They probably take Becton. I mean, one of those two, I think, will go to the Browns if they don't trade back. Mackay. And maybe even they can get him if they do. Makai Becton is such a Browns pick. <laughs> I'll explain what I mean. He's a big, he's just this big oaf. And he gets, he got a lot of credit after the combine for running a, a quick 40 for an offensive lineman. Yeah, 5-1. So he can run fast in a straight line. But he has bad feet. He can't pass block. And he's decent in the run game. And he, but he thrives out on um, you know short passes and screens because he can run down the field. Why mm-hmm. would, if I'm the Browns, why would I want to take a guy who can't protect the quarterback? First of all, when you don't have that good of a quarterback, and you're trying to build this offense, you're trying to turn the quarterback into a franchise guy. You're going to take an, a left tackle that can't protect your quarterback's blindside. He's got Eric Flowers written all over him. <laughs> That's my main comparison for him. Yeah. And the, and the Browns are they're trying to win now, so I mean they had so much hype going into last season, and then this year they're trying to win still. So they need a guy that can that can step in and play immediately. And I don't know if Becton can be that guy if he can't pass block that well. Now this is an interesting um, scenario because we'll stop at the top. That was our tenth. You know we were going to stop at the top ten. Looking at the next two picks, both are in the market for a wide receiver. So that's where it could get interesting if the Raiders at 12 feel like they want to jump the Jets at 11 to, to get their wide receiver because both of them need playmakers. Even the, the next three picks, to be honest with you now, you have Jets, the Raiders, and the Niners now. And I could see that trio of wide receivers that everyone's been talking about with C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. They could all go right there, three in a row. If don't, the Jets don't take an offensive lineman, I can very, see, I can very well see those three receivers going right there, all three in a row. The funny thing is, those three teams could be looking at those three receivers and have their eyes on all different ones, because that that's yeah. something we've seen C.D. Lamb as high as like seven or eight mock drafts, and now he's falling behind Rugs and and Judy, both of them, you know. Some had Judy falling into the 20s even, and now he's back into the top 12. Yeah, those they've been they've been getting changed around this whole time. It, when the when the college football season first ended, it was C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, and a lot of people were like, "All right, if we get one of them, we don't really care." And then Ruggs, with his freak athleticism and everything that came out about him, everyone fell in love with him. So he he might be taken before his teammate and Jerry Judy now. I think uh, C.D. Lamb's going to be the first receiver gone, though. I love C.D. Lamb. Ruggs would be the one that scares me the most because I'm not a big on, I'm not big on coming out of nowhere. You know, we've had this conversation during football season about Joe Burrow and how I don't mm. like the coming out of nowhere factor. Um, you know, of his one season, I prefer a guy who can do it over and over. And that's why Judy is actually my favorite because I think he's I think he's the most shifty with the ball in his hands. Um, he's not the fastest of the three. Ruggs is the fastest, and probably probably Lamb after that, I would say, even. Um, yeah. Judy's extremely fast. But he's the most shifty with the boys. He's got great hands. Um, and he's tough. I think if the Jets can land him, he's a New York kind of guy. Unless they want to go with Andrew Thomas, who's also still on our board. Yeah. Andrew. This is where Andrew Thomas starts to slip with those three picks right now. If he doesn't go to the, one of those three in a row, then that's where he falls into the mid-teens. But if he falls into the mid-teens, then he gets completely stolen at 14 by Tampa Bay. Obviously, Tom Brady needs needs protection over there. 
it, that would be an absolute steal for Tampa Bay. Oh, I agree. So what do we think? We think those three receivers are going to go 11, 12, 13? I think so. I think that's where we're going to start to see the receivers kind of, you know, start coming off the board. I agree. And then, so if that happens, then we say Andrew Thomas at 14, right? Because, like you said, you got to protect Tom Brady. You have to. And, and Thomas is Thomas is a pretty solid offensive line. And even though he's been slipping a little bit, I mean, you look at the college stats and the pressures he's given up in his career, it's, it's pretty impressive. Oh, it's insane. So now here's where it gets interesting because the Broncos are at 15 and they – they need a couple things. They definitely need another receiver. Their only receiver is Cortland Sutton after they've given up Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in back-to-back years. Um, they need a DB. They probably need some offensive line help considering now they have their what they think is their franchise quarterback. Where do you see the Broncos going at 15? Because I'm confused. I think if, those three, if we're right in our mock and those three receivers are gone... I think they take a DB because there's a this is a deep receiver class, obviously, but there is a drop off still after those top three, and for them to take one at 15, I think would be pretty bold considering the defensive backs that are still on the board. You know, there hasn't been a safety yet in our mock draft taken. You know, I think they'll eye a corner, but there hasn't been a safety yet, so their defensive backs are full, and I think that's where the Broncos got to go if those three are gone. If they're not and one's left. You gotta, you gotta take them there at fifteen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've seen a name pop up, C.J. Henderson. People have him going all the way. Some people have him in the top ten, and then I think if he falls to the Broncos, I think they might have to go C.J. Henderson at fifteen. He's another guy that he, that's been in the t- spent some time in the top ten. I feel like there's been twenty or twenty five guys that have spent time in the top ten this year. There's people that spend time in the, in the top ten in mock drafts and then fall out of the first round. Yeah, this draft is all over the place, in my opinion. Now we got Atlanta at sixteen, and somehow Dan Quinn is still the coach of this football team. Uh, yeah, that, I don't understand that at all. You feel like they're going to give him the Bill O'Brien treatment and make him the GM? <laughs> That's that. That's a discussion for another day, talking about Bill O'Brien. Don't even get me started on that rant. That guy's just giving away players for her box of rocks. He literally gave away one of the best receivers in the league for for what? For a, a beat-up David Johnson and a second-round pick. And they got to pay all of Johnson's salary. Yeah. David Johnson plays four games a year, and that's and that's what the, the Texans go and do. I mean, they just brought in Brandon Cook, so now they have three receivers that just like to run straight. I mean, Atlanta's another team that, well, you think every year that they're set on offense, they end up being hilariously bad. But they just got uh, Gurley, right? They just picked up Todd Gurley. So mm-hmm. they have to go defense because despite Dan Quinn being a, a defensive coach, their defense stinks. This is where it gets interesting because there's not a lot of huge name defensive guys left. I mean, there's still there's still some solid ones. What do you think they got to go? They got to go D line. You're thinking? I would look in the secondary for them. Um, again, just by there's better names left. You know, say we we had Henderson going 15. He was the first guy in the secondary being taken. So besides Akuti, yeah. Right, yeah, I'm just kind of – I'm not even counting him in the in the list. Yeah. Um, you know, McKinney's still on the board. Um, if they wanted to take uh, that dude out of TCU, uh, Delpit's still – Gladney. Like, Delpit was supposed to be a, a, another guy who spent time in the top ten. You know, and yeah, all of a sudden and now he's falling. He's not even in the first round in some of the drafts. Yeah, so they kind of have their pick. Um, you know I love Bama guys, though. So, you know, if McKinney's there, take a chance on McKinney. You know, you can't go wrong. I agree with you on that one. Probably take the best best defensive secondary player left. Right. And that brings us to the Cowboys. Cowboys. 
The Cowboys are an interesting team because people say it about the Saints too, but I feel like the Cowboys don't need too much. They need some secondary help though. So now if McKinney goes to the Falcons, anyone they take at um, 17 is probably going to be a reach though, right? Any secondary player? This is a good spot for the Cowboys to try and trade back. Because mm-hmm. I agree with you that it, it, they will be a reach. I've seen Delpit linked a lot to Dallas, and they know, need a safety. Yeah, obviously take. So that if McKinney's gone, side. but I I've seen him linked to Dallas. He spoke out on Dallas. Apparently, you know, he wants to play for them, like everybody says. Um, but at seventeen, you know, that might be a reach because they could get him. They might be able to get him in the twenties. So this might be an interesting spot for them to try and trade back. I agree with you there. Um... Come up with uh, – give me a – who do you think they could trade with? Who do you think maybe a team that wants to move up or needs to move up to get something? Um, looking at the rest of the order. Could be a team that wants to trade back into the first round too. I don't know what other teams really have to offer to trade back into the first round, but – That's actually a, it's actually a tough one. You know, you got Jacksonville sitting down there um, with their second pick. You got the Eagles who are going to be wi- looking for a wide receiver. If they think that their guy might be gone by 21, they could trade back up. Um, New England's been in the market for a quarterback. You know, are they going to actually take one in the first round, or are they going to wait till later? I think if you don't take the first uh, one of the top three quarterbacks, I think you you kind of got to wait. In my opinion, you could get someone else in the second or third. Maybe wait for even another year to, to draft your franchise guy. Yeah, they do a Brian Hoyer on a one-year deal. <laughs> and they got Stidham, who they drafted last year. Yeah. But here's where I could see the Vikings trading up. Now, I don't know what they're going to trade up for because they, they need a bunch of different positions, but... I could see the Vikings trading up, giving away one of, you know, they're only moving up uh, five spots so they can give away maybe a third or fourth round pick, maybe a fourth round pick to do it. But that would have them jumping the Eagles, which both teams need a receiver. So if the, if the Vikings think that the Eagles are going to take their guy, take their receiver, if any of those big three are still on the board, I think you jump the Eagles, you make that trade. Um, or if you, if those three are gone and you think the Eagles are going to take Justin Jefferson, maybe you jump the Eagles there and you take Justin Jefferson. I know it's kind of a reach, but Vikings need to fill some holes. so And they'd be willing to give up a fourth-round pick, I think, to do so. They have the second-most picks in this draft with 12. So. The Vikings do have holes. And like you said, they have a lot of – a lot of picks to try and move up. Um, I think any of the top three being there at 17 might be a little far-fetched because, like we mentioned, Denver could be in the market, um, so they would have to really fall, and, and something, yeah. might, some, some, uh, something might have to come up on draft night um, for them to fall. If the Vikings... That would be an interesting spot for the Vikings. At 17, what do you take there? Do you take... Um, do you take a pass rusher? You know, do they need uh, do they need secondary help? What would you take there if you were the Vikings? If they move up to seventeen, I think they got to take either um, an offensive lineman, a tackle, or a wide receiver. Um, they do need some help in the secondary and on the D line, but those those are they can get those guys later. They can get them at twenty two and twenty five. So I'm just saying, if they do decide to trade up. That's where maybe they get Justin Jefferson, who I really like. I um, think that if the Vi- if the Vikings trade up to 17, and this guy's going to cover both my next two selections because I think he's going at 18 if he doesn't go at 17, and that's Wills Jr. from Alabama. Um, I think the Vikings take him at – I mean, the uh, Dolphins take him at 18. Or Josh Jones, yeah. With, so, you know, drafting Tua, you get your left tackle. If the Vikings mm-hmm. like one of those enough to trade past um, Miami, I think that's an that's an interesting option. Yeah, I think so too. I think they could 
very well get uh, um, a left tackle on that spot. And I, I wouldn't hate that deal. They trade up, gave up, you know. If they gave away, if they swapped their 25th pick and their with the 17th with the Cowboys and then gave away a, a third or fourth rounder, I'd be okay with them taking a left tackle there and then you see what the Eagles do at 21 and then you, you make your pick at 22 based on what the Eagles do pretty much. And Wills is an animal too. So to trade up to get him, that would be a nice move. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an, he's an Alabama football player. Most of the time you can't go wrong with them, so. Now, like I said, I had him at 18. If the, if, say that deal didn't happen. I had him at 18 to Miami, taking Tua. You know, go get your left tackle with him in the same draft. Might as well. Mm-hmm. And that takes us to pick 19. What are the Raiders. The Bears or the Raiders? The, the Raiders from the Bears. That's what I'm seeing. Both. Um, what, are, what does Oakland need? We had them taking a receiver earlier. Oakland needs a lot. Um, a lot. I'm seeing some mocks that say they need uh, they need some linebacker help. Um, I mean, I, I can't think of a whole – I can't think of any position on the Raiders that they have pretty much locked up other than running back. So they could probably take a best player available type deal. Um, they, they could go with anything, I think, at 19. Which could probably shift the, the next five or six picks too. So I'm seeing one that says they're taking they could take Kenneth Murray at linebacker um, out of Oklahoma. I feel like uh, they can Murray's go. a guy though. He, you know, you could kind of trade back. I think. Yeah, I think they can get him later too. He's like a, a knockoff Isaiah Simmons. Um, Chase on from LSU. You know, do you take Gladney there if you're the, if you're the Raiders? Or um, I've mentioned his name a couple of times, but Delpit's there. And he's been so interesting because he was once viewed as a guy who can completely lock down a secondary, you know, a kind of a franchise-type guy. And now they have him falling late into the first round. So Delpit? I'm, yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see which team takes a chance on him. But I can see the Raiders taking Gladney there. Um, yeah, you know, Gladney's another guy they can maybe get later to. I feel like almost anyone they take in that spot for them is probably going to be a reach if they try to fill holes other than taking best player available. And you're right, that could shake it up because then what are the you know what happens at twenty with the Jaguars? Jags are the the Jags are another team. You said earlier. They're not going to probably go get a receiver, so they're not going to take, like, Justin Jefferson. Um, I would think they need some secondary help. They got rid of they got rid of about 80% of their secondary from that AFC Championship team a couple years ago. <clears throat> so they're another team that can go to, to Glad. I think maybe Gladney and Chason go 19 and 20, in my opinion. And I don't know which teams they're going to, but I think those two can go 19 and 20. You know, I think so, too. The Jaguars need to build their defense back up. That's how they won. Yeah, that's what got them there. That's what got them there. They haven't been able to find a quarterback. That's obvious. But right now, roll with Minshew. The guy's a gunslinger. You know, you're going to throw the ball a little bit. And, you know, go try and win a couple games with defense. I could see those, too. And, we're, uh, you know, Christian Fulton's another guy who could creep up there. But I think Delpit. I mean, Delpit would be a nice pick at twenty. I think for Jacksonville. I think that's a fit. I would agree with you there. That takes us to twenty-one, which a lot of people have etched in stone already. That Justin Jefferson's gonna be taken by the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles need uh, Eagles need wide receiver help. I mean, that's all their fans complain about. You never hear it from like the coaching staff or anything, obviously. But right. they they haven't had a enough. They have Alshon Jeffrey, but the guy can't stay healthy. So, I mean, what are they supposed to do? They need a guy that can be a playmaker for Carson Wentz. Exactly, and Jefferson, we saw it could be a playmaker. I think Justin Jefferson could sneakily be one of the better receivers that comes out of this draft. Yeah, he's kind of going on uh, not talked about a lot, you know, after catching four touchdowns in the playoff game. Yeah, well, how much has been said about him? 
people thought he was a little slow, and then all of a sudden he ran a four four. It was like a four four three, I think forty. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, old people are like, "Okay, that's why I'm, I'm hoping the Vikings can find a way to get him." But I think he's pretty much going to the Eagles there at twenty one. And then we got. 22 coming up. Where, where are the Patriots at? They're 23. The Vikings are at 22. Then we got the Vikings at 22. Yeah. Saying, saying the trade didn't happen. We're, they're still at 22. I'm hoping if they do make that trade that I said about earlier, it's the 25th pick they give up. But, I mean, that's that's asking. Not a lot, but it changes things. So we're saying the Vikings are at 22. So Thomas is gone. Um, Josh, if Josh Jones is gone, then I can see the Vikings going with um, Gladney in this. And Justin Jefferson's gone, sorry. And I can see the Vikings going with Gladney, Gladney in this in this pick. Gladney, or um, if he's gone, you know, because we said he might go to the Raiders. Um. You know, Christian Fulton, you know, are they going to be looking for cornerback help? Yeah, I mean, if Gladney's gone, uh, Fulton might be a stretch there at 22. I mean, if if Chason doesn't go to 20, if you think Del Pitt, if we think Del Pitt's going to the Jags and um, Chason's still there, I think the Vikes might take him at 22. Just take a, another freak edge rusher to go with Daniel Hunter and then they'll be set. They'll be set with the D-line for the next couple of years, so I can't see them going wrong with that pick there. And obviously they still have 25. Mm -hmm. Um, They're coming up in two more picks, so. If they're looking for a lineman there, though, you know, we had Wills going to Miami. Obviously, Wills going to Miami. Um. And you've mentioned Josh Jones. You know, if he's there at 22, do you take a chance on him? If Josh Jones is there, yeah, I think I think you do because that's that's like immediate need number one is um, offensive line. Well, that in the secondary. And then two picks later, kind of look for your corner and kind of see who's yeah. there. Yeah, that would be ideal if they can get some guys that are on the radar, uh, offensive line wise or secondary wise at 22 and 25. Then go get a, an edge rusher in the second round or something like that. That's that's ideal for the Vikings, but we got they'll find in, a way to screw up. We got them in two more picks. Now we got New England, which is going to be uh, talked about a lot on draft night because will they take mm-hmm. the quarterback or will they not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they do take a quarterback, but, I mean, is Stidham your future guy? I don't think so either. So I don't really know what they're going to do. Do they do they almost tank this year? I can't see the Patriots tanking. They're still going to have a good defense. So I can't see them tanking either. I can't. Well, I can't see Belichick being for that. You know, if he loses games, he wants to find a way to win. But I can't see them taking Jordan Love, you know, or somebody like that in the first round. I just can't. No, I feel like they're too smart of a franchise, even though they don't draft crazy well they're just i think they're too smart of a franchise to take a guy like to take a risk on a guy like jordan love in the first round and that's a massive risk you know he's he's another guy that everyone talks about the size and he's got the body of a quarterback but i mean a utah state guy i can't i just can't see it happening yeah me either um seen some people say that if jordan love falls all the way to them at 23 then they have to take him but i i don't think that's the case I've seen other people say that they need to take a tight end because they've been trying to find a tight end for two years and they keep whiffing in free agency. But yeah. what tight ends are they going to take in the first round? You know what I mean? It's it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, no, there's no tight ends I don't think worthy of a first-round pick. And I certainly don't think that love falling to number 23 is a warrants them taking him. And they definitely shouldn't trade up for him. You know, if that's the case, you deal with Brian Hoyer for one year land where you land in 2021 and try and either land uh, Fields or Trevor Lawrence, maybe deal something for them to move up. You know, I, yeah, I don't exactly. think trading up for, uh, for Jordan Love, that doesn't make much sense. I agree with you there. Saints and at then, 24. 
Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, people keep saying the Saints don't really need much. They're a very complete team, which I don't disagree with. But So I, I think they just take maybe the best player available, whoever that even is at the time. Yeah, I mean, they got weapons. You know, they got a, they got a good line. Even their defense they, has improved. Yeah, they could maybe use another receiver to go with Michael Thomas, one that could, like, stretch the field or something, but I think I've any, seen them. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say any receiver here, you know, Jalen Rieger, guys like that, um, that yeah. still talked about his first-round guys. But I think you could get a defensive piece. Um, you know, the dude from Auburn with a weird name. I don't know how to pronounce. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Epinesa from Iowa is still on the board. So they already got, um, you know, Jordan rushing the passer. So, I mean, best player available and, and try and go win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the last year for, for Drew Brees to be an above-average quarterback. So, I mean, they, they got to find someone that's going to play – well – they're hopefully going to find someone that's going to play immediately and help them make a Super Bowl run. And now we're back to the Vikings at 25. All right. So we did we say Josh Jones at 22? We, we were going with that one for the Vikings? Yeah. You said if he was still there. Um, if he's he still there, I think they have to take him. And he was there in our mock, so say Jones okay. at 22. Then I'm probably going uh, Christian Fulton at 20. I mean, I would. This is where I think they need a corner. They have they have basically one corner who has seen playing time, and it's Mike Hughes. They got rid of Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, and Mackenzie Alexander. So, I mean, their safeties are, are locked in. Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith barring any trade with Anthony Harris. So I think if they get a corner, the defense, is, the defense will be pretty much set for the upcoming year if they get a corner here. But they need to find someone that can that can play immediately. Whoever they get is going to have to step in and play as a rookie and pr- play pretty well, too. I think Fulton's a nice pick at 25. You know, I mentioned yeah. him earlier. I know uh, he's another guy who was linked to Dallas. And I mentioned him, I think, with Oakland earlier in the, or, uh, in the mid-round. But it might be a reach at, like, 18, 17 area. You know, if he's there at 25, though. That's a that's a decent value for a guy like him. I think you got to be happy with that one. Yeah, him or Gladney, I think they'll be taken at at twenty, at twenty five. If kind of whoever's left, yeah, I agree with that. What do we got at twenty six? The Dolphins' third pick is at twenty six. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's insane. Oh God, what else do the Dolphins need? Another everything. So they got a quarterback. <laughs> They, they got a lineman. Um, I've seen some people say that they can take a running back. I don't hate it. There's Jonathan Taylor up there. There's J.K. Dobbins. They haven't had a good running back. Well, I guess they had Kenyon Drake, who was so-so. But I can't tell you the last time the Dolphins had a good running back. I don't remember. So The Dolphins, do you take three offensive players? <laughs> you, know, you take quarterback, running back, left tackle. I mean, I you got to go defense, don't you? Their defense you, wasn't great. Yeah, you would think so, actually, yeah. But, I mean, they, they're a team that just needs so many holes or has so many holes, and they're not going to fix them all this offseason. So I think they're just kind of trying to take the best players they can, and then they'll address more needs when next year's draft comes around and next year's offseason rolls around. Yeah, I mean, if you you can take a running back, this is another this is a deep class of running backs that people don't really talk about because yeah, drafting running backs is so so rare now um, outside of Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott that a lot of people don't talk about it. But DeAndre Swift is you know going to be available um, if you believe in Jonathan Taylor. You know, I think Dobbins might be the best runner in the class in this class, but a lot of people don't have him in the first round. No, I. We always say, I know you say it, I say it, it it's tough to take running backs <clears throat> with early round picks. They don't last long. They're like they're very much a product of their offensive line. Unless you get a guy, like you said, like Saquon or Zeke 
or McCaffrey, these these freaks that are that go in the top ten. I mean, why take one in the first round? It's tough to do. And that's why if you're the Dolphins, go take a def- go take the best defensive player you can, and kind of uh, kind of go from there. You know, their defense isn't good. They're they they're not even a lot of holes. So go take a defensive guy and you know pray he turns into something so the team can be turned around. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. This is where. Uh... Maybe um, Queen or Murray can fit in, one of the linebackers. They probably need secondary help, too. But if Gladney and Fulton and Del Pitt and all these guys are gone right before them, I don't see them really stretching. I've seen one that says they would take Antoine Winfield Jr., but taking him at 26 is a little bit of a reach. So Yeah. So maybe they take one of those linebackers like Queen or Murray. <laughs> That takes us to Seattle at 27, who, I mean, you would think they still got to be stacking offensive linemen. Yeah. They like to run the football. They're another team that's trying to win now, so best way to do that is, is, is offensive linemen. And whoever it is, you know, take your pick, whoever's available. Um, Ruiz is going to be there, dude out of Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to take him or um, Cleveland. So, just whichever one, and finally protect Russell Wilson for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the guy can't keep running around and trying to make every single play with his legs or on the move every single game. So, Speaking of guys making plays with their legs, Baltimore's at 28. And I've seen them taking a running back in a couple mock drafts. And does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? No, I saw that, too, and... I don't know why they would. I mean, they still have Mark Ingram, Mark right? Like I didn't miss him two more years. Yeah. So why are they going to go draft a running back now? I guess it would be a nice compliment to Mark Ingram, but I don't know. Is it just because they don't need any other help, or is it because they want to run the football so much that they think they need two solid running backs? That's the only reason I could really think of. And it's not like, and I don't think any of these guys are guys available are going to are compliment guys. You know, these are three down backs and yeah. showed last year. He's still three down back. Um, you're not getting a Kamara in this draft, kind of a guy who could catch the ball and, and run a little bit. So it, it, that one doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> no. And they, well, they don't need any secondary help though. They're, they're good there, but I mean, they lost a couple D linemen, didn't they? I know one went to the Vikings, so I could see them taking taking either an interior D lineman or, or an edge rusher if there's a solid one left. I know we didn't have Gross Matos going anywhere yet. I can see the Ravens taking him. It's a little bit of a reach, but we've been saying that a lot, so it seems like almost everyone's a reach at this moment. He's a guy that that another one that was in late mid rounds, and then all of a sudden. Dropped into the twenties. I saw him going um, twenty-five. The Vikings were twenty-five. I saw him go with twenty-four a lot to the Saints. To the Saints, yeah. And now all of a sudden he's out of the first round again. You know. So yeah, I saw that. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, that's not a terrible pick for them at twenty-eight. I don't think it's too much of a reach. You know, last four or five picks of the first round. Um, a guy who has first-round talent, but. I think the the Ravens just kind of stacking running backs. That's that doesn't make much sense. It seems like they're doing it just to get like names on their roster. Yeah, unless they're gonna run the triple option or something. Mark Ingram, Lamar, and whatever running back they draft. Which, you know, I almost wouldn't put it past them. I mean, but... it's definitely not out of the question, especially with the way Lamar Jackson throws the ball. So, I don't really. He's not a good passer, you know. No triple option. Get make sure he doesn't have to throw the ball, and just line your guys up and have him run. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a serviceable passer. He's at just best. a freak athlete. Serviceable, serviceable at best. So, I don't really see them taking a running back unless it's for that reason. But so we'll say they take a, a D lineman. You would think a D lineman's going 29 as well to Tennessee. Um, they're kind of set offensively. They're, their offensive line is very good, and obviously yeah. their running game. 
They got AJ Brown. They just signed Tannehill. Yep. They don't need a they don't need to draft a receiver in the first round. Yeah, so they got to go somewhere on the defensive side of the football. Definitely on the defensive side. I could see it being on the line. Um, they're a team that never. You never think of the Vic, uh the Vikings. I get the Vikings in my head a lot. You never think of the Titans scaring you on the defensive line. You know, their defense actually. You never think of like a, a vaunted uh, Titans defense. No. Yeah, you're right. I haven't. They haven't had one in forever. So running after a defensive line here might be strong. You just got to an AFC title game. Um, it's an uphill battle against Kansas City if they get back. Obviously, they need a lot more to beat Kansas City. But yeah. Starting with a defensive lineman to try and push around Kansas City to get to Mahomes, it's not a bad place to start. No, I agree with you there. I mean, whoever – and again, some of those bigger names have, have – uh been taken off our board already, so whatever um, whatever big name D lineman's left, I think they got to take, whether it be inside or outside. Maybe even one of those linebackers, like we said, Queen and Murray can go a couple picks earlier. Maybe one of them, if if the other one's not taken. You know, we've been talking, we've been saying that a lot about best player, and I think a lot of these teams are in a position to do that. Um, but out of our last three picks. Two of them I have positions for. So we could start with the Packers, and they have to be taking a receiver at third. Yes. I think that's a given. I agree with you. Um, they need another playmaker with Devontae Adams. Like, them winning 13 games made no sense to me with the team that they had on offense. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think they're slightly overrated. Um, Aaron Rodgers is aging a little bit. You need to find him some guys that – that can make his life a little easier. A couple of playmakers that can make his life a little easier. You know, and looking at the receivers left, if you take Rieger, um, Brandon Ayuk, if you want to take him, you know, kind of just whatever guy. And I'm sure they'll talk to Aaron Rodgers about it too <laughs> to see which guy. He yeah, got. he will def. If they're going to take a receiver, he will definitely be part of the conversation. I would assume. Yeah. So that's there. My next pick is the Chiefs, but before that, we got San Fran at 31. Does San Fran still have 31, or is that was that part of the... No, they still have 31, don't they? I think San Fran still has 31, as far as I know. Okay. Um, San, oh. San Fran might be in... Oh, well, we had them take a receiver earlier. Never mind. San Fran's probably going to need some uh, linebacker help. That was one of the very few positions on... Or even some corner help. Richard Sherman's getting a little older. But those two positions last year were probably the only downfall of their defense, even though they were still better than a lot of other secondaries and a lot of other linebacking cores. So I think they got to go with either a linebacker or, or a secondary. And there's a lot available if they choose to go that route. Um, you know, there's not many. Their offensive line was good, um, but even if they wanted to go there, there's not many options left. A lot would be a reach. I could see. Yeah, I seen. Jalen Johnson, um, I've seen him almost going to the Vikings a couple of times, which is five, six picks earlier. So, I mean, if he's still there at 31, I could see the Niners taking him. He's a big physical corner. He's he's not too bad. Or um, a name we haven't mentioned yet, Trayvon Diggs. He's another guy like uh, he's like Richard Sherman. Good ball skills, probably play pretty good cover three, pretty good zone coverage. So he could be another... Richard Sherman Jr. So I could see Trayvon Diggs going to the Niners there at 31. This would be the time to take Diggs, too, with Sherman on his way out and have him kind of yep. mentor him up. And then in a couple yep. years, him take over the reins. That's That would be a nice pick for them. Yeah, I think if he's still there at 31, I think the Niners will take him. And the last pick of the first round is obviously the Chiefs. And I don't know if you've thought about the Chiefs' pick a lot, obviously being the last one. But I think the Chiefs need to key in on a running back. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot. I've seen, I saw that early on, months ago, and then I saw Mokdres having them taking a corner because of their guys being free agents. But they re-signed Breland, and obviously Fuller's with the Redskins now, but they re-signed Bashad Breland, so that shores up their secondary a little bit. Definitely have to take a running back with this because... 
McCoy's gone, they're not going to re-sign him. Williams is not the answer. So no. here, if none have been taken, I would take DeAndre Swift and just make the offense even stronger than it already is. Yeah, I th- I think they it, I think they go Dobbins, but I do think they're going running back if, at, at thirty two. You think Dobbins? They would go Dobbins over Smith, uh, Swift. I think so. I mean, either way, I think it's a a pretty safe pick at thirty two. I think both running backs are going to be pretty good. So, right, you can't go either way. way in that in that sense. Yeah, no, not at the end of the first round when they probably need a running back. So. And that takes us to the end of the first round that we're going to be watching from Roger Goodell's basement, apparently. <laughs> I know, but at this point, we got to take what we can get. At least we have something. I mean, I'm just so happy they didn't cancel this. Oh, I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. We need but to, we sports need are on the comeback, though. Sports are on the comeback. Yeah, and speaking of betting, we're, we're going to do another show. Um, or not show, sorry. Another podcast. Um Probably either Monday, have it out Tuesday. We're going to do some uh, some picks it's where we think some guys, some over-unders on their draft position, maybe a 1-2-3 because we both agreed on the 1-2-3 picks. So take that one, some stuff like that, some interesting draft bets to look out for. Yeah, definitely the over-unders, um, looking at some odds. Um... Some positions taken in the first round, you know what I mean, maybe – I saw. Well, we, we'll talk about the numbers another time. All, the other, next podcast. all kinds of odds on some different guys and where you can get mm-hmm. them. Because a lot of sites don't even have odds for certain guys. Um, I know a lot of bookies don't if you're going that route because, you know, Burrow and Chase Young could be too obvious. But Yeah, they're, they're minus 400. I know that off the top of my head on, on some sites to go 1 2. And I might take it. I don't really like minus 400, but like. I haven't been more certain of anything in my entire life, I don't think. Right, me too. If I was offered it, I would certainly take it. And like I said, the your one, two, and three, um, we're gonna look at one, two, three, four, probably the top five. So we'll have we'll have a lot of stuff, and uh, we come prepared. So we'll have a lot of stuff ready to go for next time. Yep. Next we covered the whole first round this time, even though we didn't intend to. And the next time will be uh, some odds and some some bets for you guys. Yeah, the top ten <laughs> turned into the first round. But that's, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't gotten any sports. We needed something to talk about. But yep. And like you said, looking forward to next time. And then, of course, following the draft, we'll have the reaction episode and, um, you know, what teams got the best picks, what teams messed up, which is always a fun thing to discuss. Yep. All right. So, Haddix, until next time. Well, see you, Greg. See you guys later. <laughs>